This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The beautiful morning. Ah, yes, it is. Beautiful spring morning right here on MPB Think Radio. Good morning, Carol. How are you? Good morning, Malcolm. I'm doing great. How Welcome about back. Well, thank you. It was, uh, you know, first vacation since quarantine in a year. It was good to get out and about. Well, that is delightful. We uh, certainly missed you around here. Java and I held down the fort. And, of course, Joe Sherman came along to fill in. We had a good show talking about the Lebanese food traditions uh, in Mississippi and in the South. And that was fun. But, uh, you know, it's nothing like having Carol Well, uh, thank you, Mal. I listened to the show, and I have to say, it was a great show. I mean, you and I have been talking for some time about having Joe on the show and talking about Lebanese food, and I just thought it was outstanding. It was fascinating. Uh, I, I thought I knew a lot about Lebanese food in the Delta, but obviously... Uh, I did not, and one of my favorite stories <laughs> that y'all talked about is how Lebanese people would, uh, the immigrants would get off the boat in New Orleans and start yelling, <laughs> kibby, 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 <laughs> to try and find, uh, you know, uh, friend, you know, friends and family. But right. I had the joy of working with Joe Sherman for several years at Viking Range, and you know, not only did he have a fine career at Mac Ray's, uh, a typical Lebanese peddler who ended up as president, but he combined his Lebanese merchant skills and his love of cooking at Viking, and and we had a good time. And we learned that Joe Sherman's real name is Joe Shamoon. Well, and we, we can certainly start calling him that. I think it would make him proud, but yeah. I got interested in him being on the show back in December when he he was on our Cooking and Coping Facebook page. In fact, he and his wife, Mary Pryor Sherman, are two of my favorite and the group's favorite posters. They have what I call a happy kitchen. But Joe posted a photograph in December of his father's kibbe grinder. And, you know, he has inherited his father's kibbe grinder and was, you know, putting it to good use. And it was so wonderful to think about the tradition and that chain of passing down from one person to the other. So glad y'all did it. Yeah, it was great. And, you know, one thing that I reflected on that really I had sort of forgotten or not thought much about was my own uh, history. You know, I did a documentary uh, a few years back on the Rest Haven restaurant in Clarksdale, which is owned by the Shamoon family, uh, Shafiq Shamoon. I was able to inter- interview and, and talk about his family history, but also that I came to Jackson uh, to work for a Lebanese man, Joey Mitchell, who you remember on George Street. Yes, and, and I, he- I did not know he was Lebanese, and I did not know your story in connection with that 
And his father had a grocery store in Alexandria, Louisiana. Uh, and when I came to work for Joey, we would go over to Alec or Alexandria, he used to call it. And his father's grocery store was sort of at the end of its run. And he had a meat grinder very much like the one Joe Sherman uh, shared with us. And Joey, though we did not serve Lebanese dishes on the Oliver's menu in Highland Village, nor on the George Street grocery menu, most weekends, uh, Joey and I would get in the kitchen and, and we would make kibbe and tabbouleh and we would make grape leaves. And, and he taught me how to make all that stuff. And it's so funny, like that was so long ago that it took having Joe Sherman on this show for me to sort of remember and reconnect and reminisce about that time with Joey Mitchell, who, again, is the reason I'm in Jackson, Mississippi. Well, it was good news to me because now I know that you can make and bring me some Lebanese food. <laughs> well, that was a long I time ago. didn't know that. Yeah. Well, all right. So uh, what's been cooking? Now, you've been gone. Uh, so I, I don't know where you went, but I'm sure it was somewhere awesome and exotic. But I hope you ate some good food while you were out and about. I did indeed. Uh, it was just such a great experience after a year of quarantine and cooking 21 meals a week to have somebody cook for me. And uh, I, I was uh, south of here, in fact, deep south in the islands okay. and had just lots of amazing fruit, unusual vegetables, uh, conch fritters, banana fritters, plantain chips, just uh, lovely, lovely food. And, uh, you know, vacations are all about a change of pace and Absolutely. truly rest in your brain. And I was able to do that, eat good food at the same time. One of my favorite things to do when I travel or used to travel a lot, not so much anymore, but uh, was to pick up a cookbook uh, of in the places where I would visit, did you happen to score a cookbook in the islands? I did not. There was, you know, I looked and there was just nothing available uh, where I was. I certainly would have liked to because I had some wonderful food. In fact, I've already been on the internet looking for, you know, a couple of things that, that I, I saw down there. Um, right. You know, one of the things I experienced is something I see everywhere but I really didn't understand what it, uh, yeah, what it is, and that's an acai bowl, and you see that word a lot now, A C A I, hmm. and you know, acai is actually a berry from Brazil that has very high antioxidant properties. Uh, it it's a superfood, and the best thing I, I read about it is it boosts brain function, and I certainly need that. But you I hope you brought buy, some extra. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in these bowls, it's a puree or it's like made into a smoothie and it's the base of the bowl. And then there are nuts and grains and you know, several beautiful types of fruit and maybe a little lump of yogurt. But that's what I had for breakfast every morning. It was wow. delicious. So it's considered a breakfast food. Yeah, but I, I think people eat them, eat them all day. Uh, I've heard, heard there's somewhere in Jackson, maybe a couple of places that that do it. Is that it's the there's a restaurant out on Holland Colony 
Parkway, it has kale in the name. I have to huh. I have to look okay. up and see what that is. They have a good one. Anyway, it was something I learned. Great. Uh, well, speaking of kale, uh, I got out the grill uh, Saturday. Uh, my granddaughter, Wren, came over, and Kara and I decided we would grill out. So I got the grill out first time uh, for the season. It's been, you know, covered up and holed up uh, all during the winter months and throughout mo most, most of uh, COVID. But <clears throat> she, Kara marinated this, uh, some chicken. So I grilled this chicken. And, and I also, uh, she fixed some vegetable kebabs with, with squash and tomatoes and red onions and various colored peppers. So I grilled the chicken um, and all of the vegetable kebabs. And then I had a little bit of fire left. And I remembered that I had bought a pack of chicken sausages uh, from the Whole Foods. So I ran upstairs and got my chicken sausages out and I grilled them to get that smoky char flavor on those and popped those into a Ziploc, put them back in the refrigerator. But one of the side dishes that we had last night with the leftover grilled chicken and grilled vegetables was a kale coleslaw and it was fine. Yum. Well, I also saw a picture in Cooking and Coping, our Facebook page, and I saw that you also had an apple and pear galette, and it was beautiful. Yes, Kara made a fantastic apple galette, uh, almost a large one, almost uh, like a pie as opposed to sort of an individual galette. And uh, she made it, of course, with fresh apples, and it was just delightful. And we had that. I, I must admit, I had a little scoop of vanilla ice cream on top of my galette. Well, of so course you did. I was yeah. feeling kind of fancy. <laughs> <laughs> of, course, uh, of course you were. But yeah, a galette is, is such a, a beautiful preparation. And it's you know, usually rustic. Uh, it's, you know, you take the, the round pastry, put the filling in the center, and then just fold up the edges you kind right. of fold it in a package, you know, brush it, brush it with an egg wash and cooking it, but it, cook it, but it, it makes a beautiful presentation. And I was very impressed and wanted to run right over when I saw that. <laughs> well, there's a little bit left. Maybe I'll drop it off at your door. Well, uh, it is time for a first break. Uh, and, and there's a lot of stuff I still want to talk about, including crawfish, but uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will have Chef Enrica Williams on the phone, and she's going to talk to us about what's going on in her world, some new projects that she's working on uh, around a, a food market and, and an urban farm uh, in downtown Jackson. But we may get around to talking about crawfish because it is crawfish season, and there's an awful lot of hoopla around mud bugs this time of year. So we'll, we'll try to cover all that ground. And if you uh, want to join us, we'd love to have you give us a call, 1-877-672-7464. And you can talk about anything you want to, and it's toll-free. So Carol and I and, and Chef Enrica Williams will be right back after this short break. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. 
Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White and Carol Puckin here, only on MPB Think Radio. And we are so happy to welcome one of our very favorite guests who oh. <laughs> has joined us in the past. But we follow you and we are delighted to have you back on the show with us, Chef Enrica Williams. Welcome back, Chef. Thank you for having me back. Hello, Carol. Hello, Malcolm. <laughs> oh, yeah. we, we've missed you. This quarantine has been long, long, long. It has been a doozy, I tell you. It's just like I'm finally feeling like I'm getting back to myself to move around and see people and go out to eat and to just um, to be a little more social than I haven't had the opportunity to be in the last year or so. Well, I want to be high on your list, but uh, tell us how how the pandemic has treated you, how you've pivoted, what you've been doing. So the, the pandemic, um, honestly, um, gave me a very much reset. It was, um, I had a chance to actually rest. I know it's weird. Um, a lot of the projects and the things that I had initially, they were immediately postponed and canceled. So I was left with a lot of time um, and um, seclusion, so to speak, to just sleep and to um, work in my yard and my garden, to just rest, to breathe. So with that came a great opportunity for me to create and to think and to just catch up on reading and old movies and, and you know, communicate with friends and utilize Zoom. So it was just like a really good shot. It gave me a chance to recharge. Um, I did not expect that. Um, at the same time, I was also able to be really cognizant of what was going on in the needs of the community. So I was able to contribute um, into some into some programs and some things just to not only help the community, but also um, help um, quell the need for me to do something. So I was like able to do things that were helpful, um, but also um, it gave me the the creativity space to just do something because I, I have to do something even in my stillness, I have to still make something happen. So, so it's been really, it's been really good. I, I would say this year has really just made things much more abundantly clear about me getting back into um, chef things and creating projects and just working. And um, so that's been really cool and fun up until this point. Uh, Enrica, for those who have not had the pleasure of hearing you on our show before, would you g give us a little brief chef bayou, uh, bio, bio <laughs> from the bayou where you <laughs> spent some time, but t uh, just tell us how you started cooking and where you cooked. Sure. So um, I'm originally born and raised in West Point, Mississippi, so I am uh I'm definitely a, a Mississippi girl. Uh, I went to culinary school um, in Atlanta, and I lived in Atlanta 10 years. I worked in a few places in Atlanta. I moved back home. Um, I was part of the original um, operating opening team for Parlor Market in downtown Jackson. And um, since then, I've moved around. I had a couple of projects. Uh, the most recent one was um, I had a 
concept in uh, cultivation food hall in Jackson, Mississippi. It was Fauna Food Works. Um, since then, I decided to go into another direction with Fauna Food Works. And so now what we do is we do pop-ups. We have a dinner series. We do consultations. We do consulting with menus. Um, we offer cooking classes, cooking therapy. I mean, it just gives me an uh, opportunity to just treat culinary arts in a way that it just it just satisfies like just the creators part of myself so but i just think of something like i would like to do that and then i create um uh, um <laughs> what is cooking therapy uh, created around that so um so cooking therapy actually um is it's it's not widely used but we've been doing it all the time you know when we're stressed or we're feeling homesick or something nostalgic we cook we cook it makes us feel better it, it's like a therapy um as they use with artists when people um either um paint with acrylics on boards, you know, sometimes therapists will recommend some type of art therapy as a comfort. And so I offer that, I offer that too with food, um, with cooking classes, um, you know, just something to make us feel better and to get through it. And, and you're still uh, doing catering, right? You still, I am. I yeah, still do catering. That catering that I do now because of COVID, um, I, it's, it's myself. Um, primarily, um, and I usually typically do it at the client's home, um, and I adhere to all of the COVID standards for that. And it, it's it's assembled, presented, prepared for them. But I'm not um, doing major catering at this point. I'm just I handle small groups, very intimate groups. Um, we did a dinner last month at Footprint Farms, and it was like 32 people. And that was like the largest event I'd done like in over a year. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that because you made our friend Java <laughs> a very happy man. So Java made us a very happy, like he, he created, I know I'm just jumping all over the place. Java created this playlist um, for the dinner because the dinner had a theme, but he also created this montage of videos and commercials and infomercials from the eighties. So it was like, um, it was just such a perfect pivotal piece to what I wanted the dinner to convey. So yeah. So shout out to DJ Java for that. And that is not a shameless plug. That is just like on some, he was just the perfect part to help him. The concept. Talk to us, Java. <laughs> I just I, I threw it out there. I was like, I know this is so crazy, yeah. and he listened to my crazy. Yeah, and, and Rika, he was like, I like this. And Rika said, gave, me a, gave me a call, and she was just kind of like she is now, all over the place. <laughs> and she <laughs> and she just she explained the concept to me, and I was like, oh man, this is great. So we we put it together, and uh, you know, like I've told her before, I was just happy to be in that thirty two. Um, because the food was, I mean, I guess I, I can't go against my grandmama and my mama, but after those type of meals, Enrica is up, up at the top. <laughs> that, oh, that, wow. that dinner, Thank that, you. that dinner, that dinner was exquisite from top to bottom. Yeah, Enrica, he read the menu on the radio the the Monday after, and uh, <laughs> it was just 
it was stunning. And I, I just thought it was a great idea to mail the, you know, the, the two of you because we've had so much fun on the radio and Java's turned into an amazing foodie. And mm -hmm. I know that that, that brought, brought a lot to his music. Yes. And, and so, and, the, and vice versa for me, because I really love music and music is such a pivotal part of my creative process. And um, to have him understand exactly what I was going for, it was, yes, sir. Well, no, I was just going to say that the one thing that I did really appreciate is how Enrica was able to um, associate each dish or a part of the dish just from like the concept that she had in her head, like that was amazing to me with the um uh one was like a tribute to black gold. Um the show yeah, that solid the, gold. Yeah, mm -hmm. solid solid gold and solid then, and black gold because black gold was local. Solid gold was national. And then one was it was yeah. about about the lace and then the one about the uh the cherries and it was everything Cherry everything had a theme and that I, that was just amazing to me. Oh wow! Now tell us what Solid Gold was. <laughs> TV show. No, Thank I know you. it was a TV yeah. show. I want to know what it was. <laughs> Excuse me. So, um, so Solid Gold was, um, it was, it was a salad course. Um, but what I did was I made a hummus out of cauliflower, and that was kind of like my own little tongue-in-cheek approach because like everything cauliflower has gone up in price and everybody's on like keto crazy and so everything is cauliflower now like cauliflower you know tennis shoes cauliflower crust, <laughs> like everything is cauliflower so so i wanted to make a hummus out of the cauliflower and i used our uh, golden beets and um i got this really beautiful um turmeric from one of the owners of um, beacon supply she had this beautiful package of turmeric that she gifted me and this turmeric came straight from india so i made a turmeric oil out of that so the color was very golden and very beautiful and i made a relish and so everything had like tones of golds and yellows in it and during you know as a kid you know i was always like in fascination with the solid gold dancers, they were so glamorous with their gold lame outfits on. And then on Saturday mornings, you know, locally, you would see, you know, uh, solid gold dance, not solid, black gold dancers. Shout out to and Lee King. Was, that was like local celebrity. And you just like, God, I wish I could be on this show, but you're too young. But you, I, so I watched it every Saturday. So that was just kind of like the time period, the nostalgia and just everything. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to encapsulate that onto a menu. It was just kind of a a reference to so many, <laughs> to so many things that I just I was like I have to call this you know solid gold and people laughed because they got it. They didn't they I don't think they were laughing at me like they chuckled because they were just like I remember solid gold like it was yeah it was so bad it was great so that was so it was a salad dish. <laughs> that Lee King Production. Lee King Production. Every Saturday. Who who recently Man, um, just celebrated a birthday? To be on Black Gold though, like that's still just on some. If anybody knows anyone that's going to revive that for whatever reason, I need to be in contact of that. Well, well, uh, I'll keep my antenna up, and you do the same. <laughs> so, so Java made this wonderful playlist, Carol. So, um. 
And the playlist, I wanted it to be, and it's, and it's so funny that we're just like going into this. So just to give background, the dinner that we did a month ago, um, Fauna Food Works presented a dinner we titled Ultra Silk. And it was an ode to um, radio, late night radio requests. And it was like a love note to um, midnight love and like soul romantic classics, like mid eight, mid to late 80s, early 90s. And, um, and he just created this, this playlist that that was just very nostalgic for me because I remember as a kid making a, a mixtape and a, using a cassette tape to record songs. And so Java had that tone in the playlist. So it was just it was just a wonderful loop of, of, of songs and people had a little wine and the songs would play and you could just see the reaction to the people in the music, it was it was it was it was great. I, I I really could not have imagined just the visceral response to people before the food came out, and then when the food came out, like the food was a part of one of those um, those major components. So. Well, when you feed Java Chapman, a, a magic can happen <laughs> <laughs> from the DJ stand. <laughs> that is true. That Java- is true. Was there any Barry White? Yeah, that was, it, it was it was Barry White in the mix. It was uh, uh, some Janet Jackson in the mix. Some um, um, uh, Boys to Men. I mean, just all of those mm-hmm. classic eighties, nineties slow jams. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that, that exactly. That was the tone. The, the way he just said slow jams, like that was the that was the vibe of it, and it was beautiful. Um, we had like purple. Um, lighting, low lighting on the, along the um, the bottom. So it was just like it was. Uh, we had lights in the ceiling, and then we had like the purple. It was just very. It, it was it was retro without being you know uh, ghost shorts. And actually, and actually, the way it was set up, it made you forget that we were eating at Footprint Farms. Like we were eating. In the farms outside, of course, we were covered up, but we were yeah, eating. Yeah, we were in the, the tunnel. We were in a, a wind tunnel. Yeah, but we were and, eating uh, at the farm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, Enrica, talk to us a little bit about uh, the Footprint Farms project and what you're working on there, Absolutely. the uh, Magnolia Sunset Markets and, and some of that stuff. Sure. So, um, so I have to give a shout out to Dr. Cindy Ayers Elliott. Um, she is the CEO of Footprint Farms. I've been knowing Dr. Cindy for years and um, just on the strength of uh, community and supporting, she has always been one of the most major supporters of any project, any outlandish thing that I want to do culinary wise. She has been right there to encourage it. So I have to say that off the top. Um, What happened with Magnolia Sunset Markets, Magnolia Sunset Markets was a concept conceived by myself and uh, Tabi Moyo, another local Jacksonian who is brilliant in all things digital and film and culturally. And we've been friends for a while. We went to brunch. We had some mimosas. And we began talking about all of the things that we love from the creative aspect. So what started just from like casual conversation was why don't we, and we started filling in those blanks. And we met with Dr. Cindy like 
a couple of weeks later and we were just hanging out at the farm because the farm has this this ability to just center you and it's calming and it's just a beautiful place right here in Jackson. Like I think a lot of people don't understand that the, the that the farm is in Jackson and you don't have to go far to um, to access it. But she was all aboard. She loved what we were trying to do or what our vision was. And so from from that initial conversation, uh, Magnolia Sunset Markets was born. And basically what it is for us, it is a space for makers and people who are creating beautiful things. And that can be in the form of vending and making products, um, food vendors, artists, musicians. Um, we have so many different things that are going on, but for us, it's more of a cultural expression. And we're having it, it starts at 4 p.m. It's from four to seven, and it's the third Saturday of each month. And what it is, it's just, it's just a showcase. And the, what's different about our market is that we really take on the approach of curating a space and an, and an experience with the vendors outside at the farm um, to just give more reverence to the creative process. Like it's like an outlet and it's also um, a springboard for ideas, but then also we just want people to experience things um and not feel like they have to go out some some i don't you it does you don't have to go outside of jackson um to experience it because it's here we're so excited to be able to just showcase things that we've always known were here we know that the artists are here the creative the creativity is here the brilliance is here and people just get to see that um more often so that's where that's what that is and this is very much a passion project um, for myself and for Tybee and um, and our next market is this upcoming Saturday and um, yeah we hope to see people out there at the market well I I am a big fan of footprint farms mm-hmm. and you know picked up boxes garden boxes mm-hmm. uh, last summer you put in your order on Thursday pick them up on Friday afternoon but I was so surprised at the location Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. a seventy-acre farm mm-hmm. right in the middle of the city and yes. or in the city limits, mm-hmm. but you access it by you know, going on two twenty or however you get to Highway eighty, mm-hmm. and you know go past the Metro Center like you're yep. going to Clinton. Clinton. Correct. Take a right and then another right. You know, put it in your GPS. But it it's right there. It is the country in the city. And mm-hmm. uh, I just had some wonderful vegetables from there last last summer. And so I look forward to going, you know, going to the market. And I encourage our listeners to go on the Internet and just put in footprint farms. And under the, the link that says contact us, it shows mm-hmm. uh, yeah, shows where it is. And it has not been updated this year for for the boxes to start again. I, I feel sure she's going to do that. Mm-hmm. I know she, she has a lot of uh, footprint farms. They have a lot of independent projects that they're working on. A lot of what they've been doing is uh, doing um, community boxes of food where they've been donating 
who they just did a drive with um, the Greater Jackson Arts Council where they donated boxes of uh, produce and fresh veggies and, and fruit and, and along with the um, ham giveaway. And she has been speaking about doing the, um, the garden boxes. Um, that's a popular thing because she's mentioned that about the popularity of that. And, um, and also just doing some workshops and tutorials around that as well. Well, and yeah, you know, I hope to have her on on the show. Uh, Malcolm and I uh, both do one day, and mm-hmm. some of the other people around town that do, you know, what we call community supported agriculture. Mm-hmm. And you know what we can do. Our part is, you know, buying the produce mm-hmm. to give them a market, so they they can uh, they can grow it and produce it. Enrica, let's circle back just uh, before we break and, and let you once again uh, talk a, a bit about the Magnolia, the Sunset and Magnolia markets. And uh, it, you mentioned when they occur, but mm-hmm. if you could uh, just clarify that for our listeners who might be interested in attending Absolutely. one of those events. And like who some of the vendors might be, have been, what would they expect to see if they arrived at Footprint Farms for that? Sure. So uh, the Magnolia Sunset Market takes place at Footprint Farms the third Saturday of each month. It's from 4 to 7 p.m. Um, that's the, the title of the sunset because the market looks really beautiful during that time of day. Um, this is our second market. Um, last market, we had 24 vendors. This market that's coming up this Saturday, we have 35 vendors. Um, the Manship was one of our vendors. Um, there is Earthly Creations, A&M Candles, The Floral Spectrum. Um, we had a local artist, Adrian Dominic, who does brilliant work. I'm just a huge fan of her work. And she had a beautiful um, setup selling prints and stickers and, and all sorts of things. Um, the Mar- Marsha Bookstore um, from Fair Street, she has set up a table. She has a vendor spot down as well. She'll be back at this market um, selling books and different things about um, the beautifulness of of Black people. Footprint Farms actually has um, a vendor spot there as well. And so we're asking for a $5, um, excuse me, a $5 entry fee. But once you pay the $5, it's $5 per car. When you get in, you get a $5. It's like a voucher. It's bucks that you can take that and buy produce from Footprint Farms. You spend $10, you're actually paying for, you're only spending five. You buy $10 worth of products, you spend five because of the voucher. Um, I'll be at the Fauna Food Works, will be out there uh, this uh, this market, and we'll be doing some of our nostalgic favorites. We're doing the, uh, <laughs> the Fauna Festival Street Dogs as well as the um, grilled cheese, the, the crab grilled cheese rangoon and the ginger lime aid. We have, we have a lot of, of vendors that do a lot of holistic and healthy things, products, um, salves, um, different, um, different tinctures for your body. Um, we had one um, Brody's Vintage that had like the coolest vintage t-shirts and stuff that we played with as kids, and they had a wonderful setup for that. Um, there was it's, it's just such an eclectic blend, and it all makes sense because it fits into our personalities, and then the people 
that were out there, they just enjoyed the space. Um, it, it was just a beautiful space. Um, we have a couple of food trucks that are going to be out there as well. Um, um, K Kebab that is in the food hall, they're going to have a stall out there as well with Persian cuisine. I am so excited for them to be out there. The food is so good. It is amazing. Um, so that's just the, that's just the snippet. That's we great. have some surprises. We have some some quirkiness going on. We have um, just the eager and the excitement. But um, we are we're energetic and we are thrilled and we just well it just feels like friends and family are coming to visit like that. Well, and I think you might even have some music. Um, I think we may have some music. This guy we know, you know, he's gonna come. <laughs> and spin and again you know again this is not shameless plug because java and i have been like you know um fanning for you know just the music and food for a while so the, yeah dj java will be out at the market i'll make an appearance <laughs> yes he'll make an appearance we don't even know what he's playing we're just leaving it entirely up to him and that i think adds to the allure of the market um, but yeah, the market every month, we're just, we, we come up with a, 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 a concept or an idea. Like this market's concept being April, we wanted to do things that are green. Um, so we want to talk about, you know, eco-friendly things and reducing your carbon footprint and making sure that, you know, things are done, you know, about being more mindful of, of how we treat the earth. So the undertone of that, those will be the vendors that are kind of have something in the vein of that. Um, yeah. Great. We're going to take a short break and we'll come back. We'll continue. I hope that you'll stick around. Uh, For Chef sure. Rika Williams. I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing right now. Some of the springtime influences, okay. uh, some, some other of your projects. This is great. We'll take a short break. Carol and I and Java and Enrique will be right back. If you have a question, your comment, you want to join the conversation, great. We'd love to have you. one 672 Or we'll carry on and you can just listen. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White, Carol Puckett, DJ Java, and our special guest today, Enrica Williams, Chef Enrica Williams. Welcome back, one and all. Hello. Hey, Val. Now, early in the in the in the earliest part of the show, we mentioned crawfish because it is the beginning of Crawfish Festival. And I know a lot of people are crawfish cuckoo, crawfish crazy. And I'm just going to say my piece about crawfish, and then I'm going to ask Enrica to say her piece, and then Java, you and Carol say your piece, because I know everybody is thinking about the crawdads this time of year. So I grew up eating boiled crabs and boiled shrimp. 
and 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 we would you know pick them and eat them crab meat picking crabs and eating shrimp later in my life i was introduced to this crawfish boil concept i was not terribly impressed it it seems to me like it's an awful lot of work for very little product however i do love crawfish tails to cook with love them because they'll take on whatever flavor you introduce them to they'll go wherever you want them to be and i love fooling with the with the tail meat but i will say this once upon a time i was with rod cawthon and bill nichols and rod was on assignment from the atlanta constitution journal to go to south louisiana and, and to do a trip. And we went to a place in Rain, Louisiana, that had the most incredible crawfish I've ever tasted or seen. They were as big as small lobsters, and the meat was fantastic. So that's my take. Enrica, I believe we have someone else who's mm-hmm. joining us here. Uh huh. En- <laughs> Enrica, introduce our special guest. Oh, my goodness. Just, yes. Just so slid in on us. <laughs> Cindy just slid in on us, and I'm so excited that she's able to join us for this talk. So, Dr. Cindy, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna give it to you. You, you can take it away and introduce yourself. Yay! Dr. Well, first of all, good morning. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, yeah. we can hear um, you loud and clear. Hi, everybody. How are you? <laughs> it's good to see everyone. Um, it is my pleasure to be here. So don't worry about the, the hat behind the curtain. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't know how to work this, this <laughs> out. Oh, so have, you, have you been out planting at Footprint Farms this morning? I'm actually harvesting strawberries. Oh. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm. I was actually harvesting some strawberries. So I said, okay, I, I got to stop um, before this next call come in. And to uh, call in to say hello and to to talk about all the great things that Chef Enrique is doing and how Footprint Farms is so blessed to have her. And with Tabby, to let me tell you, I got some super young ladies um, that are knocking it out of the ballpark. So I'm so happy to, to be here with them and with you guys. How was your holidays? How was your weekend? Everybody say? Yes. Uh-huh. Yep, we were we were just talking uh, talking crawfish because we've all got that on our minds right now, and we wanted to know what Chef Enrica is doing with the crawdad this season. I love crawfish pie. I like make my my, my mom makes a really she but it's so crazy she makes this um, she makes these little individual crawfish pies, but she makes it like miniature quiche. But she has the crawfish tails, the the Trinity, the egg, and and this cream cheese, and she bakes them, and we just pop them in our mouth. But she only makes them like on the holidays. I love crawfish like that, and I love etouffee. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love 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 etouffee. Um, just really simple, some white rice, green onions uh, on top. I, with me, crawfish the more the more simple. And the and well treated they are. I like that. When you try to do too much with crawfish, it kind of. I just don't. I'm not really into that. Like if you have a crawfish boil, and that water is seasoned and they are perfect. I eat the claws only. Do not kill me about that. <laughs> and then I give the crawfish to my brother. But I love the. I don't know what it is about the claws. Like I just love to pinch them. And then just just bite them, and then suck the juices out, and then eat the little the little claw meat. It's not a lot of meat, but nice. that's I, 
I'm you're weird. not kidding. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of work. Yeah, but I just, I just love those. So we have like this system. They know, you know, give Rika the the claws, and we'll take the tails. But I like the tails, of course, in etouffee. But at a crawfish boil, it's all about the the uh, the claws and the potatoes and the corn. It's like yeah. a little power pop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Java, you in the crawfish, man? Yeah, I am in the yeah. crawfish. My uh, my wife's from Louisiana, so I had to hop on the crawfish train really, really, <laughs> really quickly and uh and, and make my way because I I'm kind of like you, Malcolm. I thought it was a lot of work for not a lot of reward, but I mean it's one <laughs> thing about a good a good crawfish boil because we haven't been doing it because of COVID, but the camaraderie, everybody gets together. It's usually uh, some adult beverages in the mix, so you know when. When it comes to a crawfish boil, the activity, I love it. And um and uh fried crawfish uh with a little romalai sauce, that's 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 my take. <laughs> all right, all right. Carol? Cindy, we were talking um talking earlier before you you hopped on with this about the farm and you know, I was a customer last summer, would order <laughs> the boxes on Thursday, and I'm hoping that you're doing that again. I am. In fact, we're, we've already started. We're doing the um, our our seven pound box and our fifteen pound box of veggies and fruit, and it's a combination of whatever we're growing. Right now, we have Swiss char, arugula, mustard, turnip, collards, dinosaur kale. Um, we our onions are coming in, and like I said, we're harvesting strawberries right now we got leeks and i got garlic okay chef i got garlic in the backyard back here for you all right <laughs> oh, great. Uh, so, and we so can tell everybody how fun. they can access it right well you can go to uh footprint farms to our website or to our instagram page or to our facebook page and you can actually pre-order you can go in or you can just text me um at 601-668-5583 everything's on the site and tell me what you would like. You want a seven-pound box or a 15-pound box? And you can pay online and everything and just come and pick up. But also now, since COVID is, is we're in, in a different stage with COVID, we're now setting up a farmer's market on the farm on Fridays. Um, so you can actually, uh, from 4 o'clock to 6, so you can actually come in um, on the farm and just, just, you know, get what you want to go in your boxes. Yeah, we're excited about that. But uh, we're back and we're doing so. And again, we're seasonal. So whatever we're growing, we have in. And we're also working with other farms, um, Sister Farm in Mississippi and in Georgia, to try to get some things in early that we don't have right now. But we're having fun. And the strawberries are beautiful. Well, Mm. yay. Okay, so every week, do you change the form well, it doesn't change the form. What we'll say is that there is a, the whatever greens of your choice. And then if you're not sure when you um, go online to do it, when you come, before we put your greens in, which is the last thing we put in your box, because you want it to be as fresh as possible, then you can select. It says, I want the kale or the strawberries or the greens or mustard or turnips. Either one, you can say that, and then you can, um, you know, you can get it in your box then. We won't seal it up until you pick it up. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what, hey, uh, Dr. S, what, tell me about your strawberries. What variety of strawberries? We do you have use? four different, four different varieties growing this year. We, um, and I got to go back to my list to see what they are, but we did four different varieties. One's a smaller one because Chef Enrica 
had said something about a smaller strawberry. So we were listening to her and we got some of those. We got the large ones uh, and we got some that's so, so sweet that um, to me, those are our better ones, but they're all different sizes. Uh, the color is still that, that, that rough, just red um, on those, but I have to go back and look at my list of what we planted in that. Cause you know, strawberries are nine months babies. We did those in, uh, right. in late fall. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I guess we'll all be there fighting over the strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on. We have plenty of strawberries to, uh, plenty of strawberries and that Swiss char. Oh my goodness. We have the rainbow Swiss char. So the beautiful colors, and we're actually doing a blend mix now uh, of all the different greens. We call it the farmer's choice that we, we grow. We actually do a rough chop and we'll put it in a bag. So you have the Swiss char, the arugula. You will have um, some of the dinosaur kale, regular kale, some cabbage. So you can actually do it as a raw salad, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, or you can do it as a saute or stir fry. Either wow. way, you can't, it's no waste or use it as a smoothie. So what we do is try to prevent food waste. So you can do three different things with it. Eat your raw salad, freeze it, pop it back out to do your stir fry or pop it into your smoothies when you're making smoothies. So that way is no waste. And we're, we're excited about that. We're trying to eliminate as much waste as possible with food and to uh, try to make sure we're getting it to the people that really needs it and a different way of uh, having your food raw, which we're excited about. That's terrific. More raw, the better. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much to everybody for joining us today. It's been a great show. Uh, Dr. Ayers Elliott out at uh, Footprint Farms. Thank you so much for joining us. Chef Enrica Williams, always a treat. We love you. We're glad you're, you're on Java. Keep on being Java. Carol, it's been a hey, great Java. show. <laughs> Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is artfully produced by Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Puckett, our chef, guest, Chef Enrica Williams, and Dr. Cindy Ayers Elliott, I'm Malcolm White. Stay tuned now for Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And join us every Monday right here for Deep South Dining, heard exclusively and only on MPB Think Radio. Okay.